Have you ever wondered why exactly it is that things usually sound better at home than they do on stage, in auditions, or even in lessons? It's easy to chalk it up to nerves or assume that you just have to practice more or get more performance experience. And sure, those things certainly are part of the puzzle, but a lot of times that's not really the true root cause. If you've been confused by the inconsistency of your performances, I put together a free four-minute quiz called the Mental Skills Audit, which will help you pinpoint your mental strengths and weaknesses and figure out what exactly to adjust and tweak in your preparation for more consistently optimal performances. You can take the Mental Skills Audit online at bulletproofmusician.com MSA. That's MSA for Mental Skills Audit. And again, it's 100% free, and it'll take just four minutes to get your results emailed to you as a PDF. This is Noah Kageyama, and you're listening to the Bulletproof Musician Podcast. Every Sunday morning, we'll take a look at a new research-based tip or technique to help you practice more effectively or perform better under pressure. And on the first Sunday of every month, I'll have a guest from the music, sport, or research world who will share their insights on how we can all be a little more awesome in the practice room and on stage. Many well-known musicians have described using mental imagery to increase confidence and hone and refine their skills over the years. There's a lot of research support out there for imagery too, suggesting that mental practice can indeed be a useful supplement, though not a replacement, to your regular physical practice. So if visualization can help us increase the level and consistency of our motor skills away from our instruments, could it also help us memorize music away from our instruments? I mean, intuitively, you'd think that the answer would be yes. But what does the research say? A team of German and Italian researchers recruited 16 pianists, ranging in age from 18 to 36, with an average age of 26, and anywhere from 15 to 26 years of formal piano training and experience, with an average of 20 years. They were all given two technically non-challenging and easily sight-readable excerpts of music to memorize. Specifically, the first halves of Scarlatti's C major and A major sonatas. And then they were asked to memorize one of them via mental practice and the other via physical practice, spaced about five days apart. On mental practice day, participants were placed at a table and given only the score, a pencil, and a MIDI recording of the piece. They were told, quote, you can freely use whatever practice method you prefer, except for physically playing a real piano. And then they were given 30 minutes to see how much of the piece they could memorize without access to a piano. When the time was up, they were asked to perform from memory as much of the piece as they could. Then they were given 10 more minutes to memorize a piece, but this time with access to a piano. And then once again, after time was up, asked to perform from memory as much of the piece as they could recall. On physical practice day, participants were given the score, a pencil, MIDI recording of the piece, a piano, and the instructions, we ask you to focus on physically practicing the piece, ignoring any mental images you have as you practice. Do not stop to mentally rehearse the piece and avoid formal analysis of the piece. As on mental practice day, the pianists were given 30 minutes to memorize as much as possible and then asked to perform as much of the piece as they could from memory. Then they were given 10 more minutes of memorization time, again with the piano, before performing the piece one last time. So, 
how did mental and physical practice compare? Well, when it came to the number of notes participants were able to recall correctly, 30 minutes of physical practice did enable participants to memorize significantly more of the piece than 30 minutes of mental practice. To be specific, 326 notes for physical practice versus 242 notes for mental practice. However, the extra 10 minutes of physical practice ended up being something of an equalizer. How so? Well, just 10 minutes of physical practice after 30 minutes of mental practice took the participants' note total from 242 to 319 notes, which boosted them up into essentially the same level of performance as 30 minutes of physical practice, which was 326 notes, as well as 40 minutes of physical practice, which was 349 notes. And yes, 326 and 349 is indeed more than 319, but these differences were not statistically significant. All this to say, mental practice by itself led to a level of playing that the researchers note was about 40 to 60% of the same number of minutes of physical practice, which by itself isn't bad, but with that initial mental work under their belt, it took them only 10 minutes of physical practice to get to essentially the same level of performance as 30 full minutes of physical practice. Which is pretty cool, but what about the quality of their playing, beyond just playing the right notes? Like when it came to articulation and phrasing, dynamics and expression, and so on, did one type of practice lead to more compelling performances than the other? Three professional musicians were asked to rate the quality of the participants' recorded performances. And much like with memory, 30 minutes of mental practice with 10 minutes of physical practice seemed to result in a level of performance that was pretty much the same as 30 minutes of physical practice. On the other hand, 40 minutes of all physical practice did lead to a slightly higher level of performance than 30 minutes of mental practice and 10 minutes of physical practice, but I think that's kind of what you'd expect to see anyhow, and the researchers did make a point of noting that the difference between those two groups was quite small. So this all seems rather promising, but does the study yield any clues in terms of what mental practice strategies exactly might work best for memorization in particular? Well, at several points during and after practice, participants were asked which mental practice strategies they used, such as mentally hearing the sounds of notes, or feeling the movement of their fingers and hands, or visualizing the score, or harmonic analysis, and so on. Interestingly, some of these strategies were associated with better performance, while others were associated with worse performance. Formal analysis, like harmonic, melodic, and rhythmic analysis of the score, was associated with better performance ratings. There was also a trend towards better note recall performance too, or memorization, but it just missed the cutoff for statistical significance. The better developed the participants' oral skills, the better their performance ratings were also, and they tended to recall more notes too. On the other hand, motor imagery, which would be imagining the feeling of your fingers moving, and actually miming the movement of fingers, and singing out loud, all those strategies seem to have no particular performance or memory benefit, at least in this study. And visualizing the movement of fingers and hands was associated with worse memory performance, while spending more time listening to the MIDI track recording was also linked to lower performance quality ratings. Although that kind of makes sense, because it's not like a MIDI recording is a sort of auditory model that we'd necessarily want to emulate. 
So what are the big takeaways? The researchers make a few recommendations. For one, they note that auditory imagery, or the ability to hear the notes on the page in your head, that seems to be an important factor in whether mental practice memorization works or not, which speaks to the importance of developing oral skills, which means I probably should have taken those classes a little more seriously back in school. They also note that formal analysis and figuring out the harmonic, melodic, and rhythmic structure of the piece is also important, which is to say that maybe I should have paid better attention in music theory class in school, too. The authors also suggest that external models, like listening to recordings, can certainly be a useful practice aid, but more to help, quote, build up an auditory, structural, mental representation that holds even when the model is no longer present. This is kind of like how a metronome can be a really useful practice aid, but you want to be sure to keep your eye on the eventual goal of cultivating a stronger internal sense of pulse, and not just come to depend on the external clicks as a crutch. One last note. As much as I hate to end on a downer, I think it is important to note that the way the study was set up What we're seeing is not so much long-term memory performance, but short-term memory performance. Kind of like cramming for a quiz before class, and then forgetting everything 24 hours later, as compared with studying in a way that enables you to remember everything a week later. The results are still really intriguing and useful, I think, but in an ideal world, it would have been cool to see a follow-up test one day, and maybe another one one week later, just to see how much of their memory was retained in the long term. You can find links to this week's study and other resources at bulletproofmusician.com slash blog. And if you found the episode helpful, please share it with a friend or practice buddy who you think might also enjoy experimenting with this during the coming week. Mm-hmm.